The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Let some things be retrograde. Yes, let some retrograde. Yes, let some retrograde. Yes, some retrograde. No retrograde. Digital, digital, get down. Just you and me. Hey, guess what? It's that's a retrograde. <laughs> you remember when we had Lance Bass on the show? I do. I love Lance with all of my heart. I, I recommend Lance, going back but, and listening to that episode, friends. But you know what? What? I'm a backstreet girl. Digital, digital, get down. <laughs> Just you and me. Elizabeth, Welcome why am I singing this show, song? guys? Because we have a digital show. That's right, friends. Shit. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Well, first, hold on. This is Stephanie Simbari. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Sorry, I got real amped. My bad. This is so retrograde, as the theme song might have indicated. Thanks for joining us today. We're super excited. We have Sophia Amoruso joining us in just a bit. But as Steph said, last week, we announced via our newsletter, which we will get into in a second. But... Mm -hmm. We announced our first ever digital show. Yes. Which you know what that means? What? That anyone from any city <gasps> can come can, can join the party. Whereas How fun. You know, as some of you know, we were planning on doing a tour. Major touring. 2020 was our year to tour. <laughs> and LOL. <laughs> Pivot. Cool but hey, guys. What's fun about this is that we get to do it from our sweet computers. I do love that. You know, thanks for calling in the silver lining of what is just a year where the hits keep on coming. Now we have a live show where anyone from anywhere can come. It is going to be live streaming from Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles, which some of you who are in L.A. may have come to our show there last year with Shannon Aganza. This year, we have Mikey Edible Spirit. He's going to be doing a cosmic weather report. And some of you are going to be getting psychic readings live on the spot. What? It's going to be pretty fantastic. So guys, head over to the link in our Instagram bio and you can get tickets. They're only 10 bucks. It's going to be super fun. And you know what else is going to be super fun? Tell me. I think this episode is going to uh, inspire some who may be wondering what their next career pivot is going to be. Les pivot. Les pivot. Um, That sounds like weirdly French and also Yiddish. I'm not sure what language we're kind of leaning into there. Oh, um, also happy Jew year to everybody. It's a sweet one, guys. Hopefully 51, 6, 50, 61 or whatever it is, is better than the one before. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I love the conversation that we have with Sophia. I think it's really cool that at any point in your life, you can decide to 
learn more, grow more, invest in yourself. She's doing this awesome thing called business class, which we get into. And if you're thinking about what's next for you, this might be something worth exploring. So I think we should just hip to it. Exactly. Let's let's get right to it. Welcome to the show, Sophia Amoruso. It's so nice to see you. It's been so long. And it's been so incredible to to watch your rise and everything you've created. And honestly, you've done that. And the story you've woven is is impressive. So we're so excited to have you here today because I feel like the through line with so many of the conversations I'm having around career with friends and listeners right now is there's a big feeling of starting over or moving to the next thing. <laughs> it's a it's a general what the fuck energy happening. And for better or for worse, I think a lot of the things that weren't working for people have fallen off naturally, which is a blessing or maybe has sped up what would have eventually happened, but is kind of, you know, brought like kind of catapulted at this moment based off of this wild, unexpected turn that 2020 has been. Yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd be pivoting right now. Right. Like I sold girl boss at the end of last year. And when I say sell, like usually you sell something on Craigslist and you like never see it again. When I say sell, like, I mean that I found a partner to build the business with me who had like a big stake in it, who was investing in it. And I was, you know, not only did I want to stick around, I was kind of betrothed to the business legally to make sure that like contractually to make sure that I didn't, you know, run off and leave a company that, you know, kind of needed me. And we had this $10 million deal on the table after the cut, like this spring. So sold the company at the end of last year. We had a $10 million brand partnership deal on the table, which is wild, wild by far. And we would have hit our annual goals by the end of the first quarter. And the lawyers had blessed it and we had signed it. And it was on their CFO's desk for counter signature. It was like all, it was done. And then COVID hit like right as he was supposed to be basically like picking up his pen no. to sign it. And that was that. And then, you know, and so, so that was really devastating to the business. And then it was really, brands just pulled their budgets. They were like, okay, pandemic, we're not going to like, well, one, we can't sponsor a conference, which was a big part of our brand partnerships. We couldn't do a conference. And then brands just kind of put all their spending on hold and brand partnerships were really what, and that, and event ticketing, right, was what drove the girl boss business. So had no, could never have anticipated that I'd find myself building a new business in 2020 and yeah, making a really hard pivot, leaving Girl Boss, which is wild. So what ended up happening with that deal? The deal just evaporated. It just evaporated. And so are you associated with Girl Boss now or no? No. So the revenue went to zero and it pretty much stayed at zero. And so the people who bought the company were like, well, this isn't a business anymore. And they, I think they hit a little bit of trouble. I mean, money dried up for everybody. and we had to do layoffs. We got the PPP loan for a little while. We had to do layoffs and ultimately uh, became like a team of like five. And the company didn't really require me because we were just like posting on Instagram and 
sending out a newsletter. And honestly, the company couldn't like afford me and I can't work for free. I'm just not, you know, I'm, I want to be the, you know, great spiritual leader, but I also have a mortgage and now I'm pivoting, you know, bootstrapping, investing in this new thing, business class that I just launched. And that's in, that's really scary because there are no investors involved. And like, that's like, this could all, this could all be great. This could all be the worst idea I ever have. I'm pretty sure it won't be though. All right, guys, we hate to interrupt a convo, but this one feels so important and timely. We are talking about Talkspace and we have been partners with them over this past year and have heard from a lot of our So Retrograde listeners that this has been, especially in the past few months, such a game changer. So for those of you who are just now hearing about Talkspace, Talkspace is an online therapy community that allows you to connect with a licensed therapist for a fraction of the price of in-person therapy. You go online, you get matched with your perfect therapist from your comfort of your own home, and you're able to reach out 24-7, which I think I've mentioned is a dream come true for me. Um, They will respond to you five days a week, 24 hours a day, no matter what you're going through. And one month on Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single in-person session. So there's no more the days of, I'd love to go to therapy, but I can't afford it. You can afford it because you have Talkspace. They have made their mission to make therapy affordable and accessible for all of us because we all need some extra support to feel our best. And Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and everything else. No matter what, Talkspace will find you the perfect therapist for your goals. And if you don't vibe with it, you can switch. I love this because I've had moments where I've gone to therapists and I've maybe done one, two sessions, driven across town, paid the money, you know, $300 for like 45 minutes or whatever psychotic rate it is. And then I leave and I'm like, you know, I don't really think I like that person. And then you have to, you've wasted time driving. Then you have to make this awkward phone call. You know, you have to do all the steps. Not now. Now you're just like, you know what? That person wasn't for me. That's cool. I haven't really wasted any time, energy, gas, and I can just try someone else. And it's just like so convenient. So guys, bottom line is that we all need someone to talk to. Talkspace wants to give us the support we deserve at a price we can't afford. As a listener of that, So Retrograde, you get $100 off your first month of Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, head over to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code retrograde and get $100 off your first month and show your support for that so retrograde. That's retrograde at talkspace.com. Tell them we sent you. Now back to the convo. I'm pretty sure that when it comes to bootstrapping and starting something from beginning, you're one of the foremost experts in that. You famously began with a vintage clothing store on eBay. And as someone who also sold used clothes back in the day. Didn't we all? (laughs) And I honor that. Um, So I know that 2016 for you was a pretty big year in terms of like, as we talk about pivots and forced change and, and unexpected happenings. Talk to us about kind of what went down there. Way back to 2016. Yeah. So there's been a few hard pivots that I haven't really chosen. (laughs) for the most part, because I have always enjoyed what I do. So, you know, I founded Nasty Gal when I was 22, built it for, you know, 10 years and bootstrapped it to $30 million in revenue profitably. And then investors came in and were like, 
your company's worth $350 million when we were doing 30 million in revenue. And they were like, we're, we'll give you $50 million to just like, you know, we won't control your business. Like it's worth, you know, whatever, just let us in. And they were awesome. And it was a fun ride. And I took the money and we used it to build the business into what eventually did over a hundred million dollars in revenue. And I got all this press and I wrote a book about it called girl boss. And it became, it was a thing. <laughs> I was like the poster child, right? There weren't other like millennia, you know, 20 something women building. There were, but like at the scale I was, it was like me and Tony Shea from Zappos and like Natalie from Net-A-Porter. There like weren't very many of us, like mod clock, right? Like there, so I got a lot of play because I was like, they needed girls to be on the magazine covers. Wrote that book about it. And then not long after in like, I don't know, I think maybe late 2014, early 2015, things started to shift. You know, the business wasn't growing as fast. You know, the expectations were really, really high and we needed to fundraise again. Like I needed to go find a partner, like a long-term partner who could either buy the business or invest in it and help us hopefully strategic a strategic partner who would you know have some you know experience in the apparel industry or even be an apparel brand that would grow with us and those opportunities came about but at that time you know these these people like the average person wouldn't look at a company and say it's worth 10 times what it's you know it's in a rich retail business it's not uber it was fashion. How does someone like appraise a business tech like like that and decide its valuation like based on what is that based on? Yeah. So it's often based on comps. So similar businesses and the multiples that they're, they either raised at recently or someone invested in them or like the multiples of their revenue um, that they're trading at like on the public market. So at the time, ASOS in the UK was like super hot. It was like, you know, there, this was before Revolve took off. This is before. So they were kind of the, the like comp. And so, you know, they had grown really, really big. They, you know, someone had valued the company way more than the revenue was. And so it's really just kind of a handshake between two people that says like, okay, like this seems, this seems about right. So we think that you're going to make this much money. So we're going to invest this much money. Yeah. Okay. So if you give us $50 million and your company's worth 350, we expect that 50 to become 500 and your company to be worth 3.5 billion. Like they want 10 X their return. It's crazy. I'm like, I don't even know how and many zeros that is. I don't even understand. I didn't, I was in my twenties. I had no idea what I got myself into. And it was a super fun time, but a regular investor, like someone who's a little bit more reasonable would say like, cool. Like you're doing 30 million in revenue, your company's worth 60, maybe, you know, if it's profitable. So that was kind of a nail in the coffin because when I went to talk to those more, those investors who might have more realistic um, valuations to give the company, they were like, well, your investors want us to pay more because they made it worth that much. And then we'd say that it was worth less. Anyway, it's a long story. Things got rough. I stepped away from the CEO role about a year and a half before I actually stepped off the board and left Nasty Gal. And there were layoffs. There were headlines about bad culture. Okay, quick break. We are talking about our dear partner ritual, guys. Who doesn't love a transparent 
friend in the vitamin industry being delivered right to your door. I know I do. You know, a lot of my friends ask me, a lot of my friends, Elizabeth, I don't know if they're your friends too, <laughs> probably. Um, a lot of our friends <laughs> ask ask me and us, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm trying to take better care of myself. I want to take a vitamin. Like what's the best thing to do? And ordinarily, I'm not one to be like a multivitamin is the move. But in the case of ritual, I really do think that it's a really great addition to your wellness plan because they have really obsessively researched every nutrient in their visionary multivitamin. And I know this because they put all of it on the website. It's extremely transparent and traceable. And you can tell that they really care about what they're putting into their product. They've also left out mystery additives, synthetic fillers, all those shady extras that I think have become synonymous with multivitamins. And they're truly kind of like changing the course in in that category. We love them. And as you know, we just love anything where it comes right to our door. So it's a subscription model. We love a multivitamin that you can take on an empty stomach. Let's not forget that. There's a lot of things that we love about Ritual. And not to mention the fact that it was started by one of my buds, Kat Schneider, who created it with her teams of scientists that are making clinically tested a new normal. And this all came about when she got pregnant and was like, really became top of mind what she was putting in her body. They've got a great prenatal vitamin also. If we want to get our men in the game when it comes to taking a daily multi, they've got that now too. Sick. Thank you so much. Non-gendered conforming multivitamins. They're really covering all of the bases. And we know that daily changes can lead to big results. So just start with this little small no pun intended, ritual every day and see how it goes. So we're offering 10% off your first three months of ritual. Sick. So you can try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash retrograde. Start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash retrograde. Tell them we sent you. You'll love it as much as we do. So back to the show. What was your mindset like? You know, you're talking about yourself at such a young age. Like, I'm just flashing back to myself at 22, like literally living in the sewer, like doing open mics and like eating Adderall and peanut butter all the time. Like, I just can't imagine like at that age being like, and I'm a CEO. Like, you must have just been like really good at pretending like you knew what was going on. I mean, 22 was eBay. 22 was eBay. 26 was like, I'm a CEO and I have, you know, several employees. Wow. And then it was like maybe 28 when, you know, these people handed me like $50 million and were like, grow, 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 grow your business. So ultimately it became hard for us to raise more money. The company wasn't growing as fast as it was. And I mean, one thing led to another, like almost sold the company, an urban clothing retailer who like outfits people in clothes offered over $400 million for the business when I owned 80% of it. And my investor told me to negotiate for more and then the whole thing vanished. It was like biblical proportions. Like everything that could have happened, happened. Good and bad, but ultimately it didn't end well. The company uh, filed for chapter 11 at the end of 2016. And that's bankruptcy, correct? Yes. So in June of 2018, I got married in 2015. In June of 2016, I was on the cover of Forbes. July of 2016, my husband of like eight months bailed on me. 
Don't know why. Don't know why. Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fuck. I'm great. No, I don't know. It's like, couldn't you have done this before we got married? Yeah. It was like really expensive. <laughs> and then in November of 2016, Nasty Gal fell apart. And that's when I got up and that was my first big pivot. Early 2017, I founded Girl Boss. We put on our first conference, the Girl Boss Rally. And that was around the same time that the Netflix series came out called Girl Boss, which was just great marketing and great timing, which is kind of why I did it so quickly. Cause I was like, oh, a free ad on Netflix that goes to 150 million people. And I loved the show. I watched it. That was actually my first introduction to to everything that you've done. I didn't oh, I didn't fun. know. Yeah, because I live under a rock as far as like fashion and like the world is concerned. It's so interesting to imagine now because I've never thought about this, like the number of ways in. Like yeah. you watch a, a fictional, like a scripted comedy that's not really me and then discover the real stuff versus like following what really happens then watching that and being like, huh, like it's just so convoluted, like my identity or how I'm, it's just like, that's weird. That's so weird. Many ways in which people can build an opinion and, and a version of someone where it's like, it's all really piecemeal. None of them are true, but they're, they're all partially true. Well, I thought you were portrayed really well in the show. So I feel like we should just. <laughs> Thank you. Stick with I like that. that. I like <laughs> yeah. That. yeah, it was, yeah. It was great. So um, 2016, a lot of, we'll say like, endings, closing outs. What was, what was your headspace like with Nasty Gal? Yeah, it was devastating. Yeah. It was a mind fuck. It was like the amount of noise was just deafening. You know, I've been built up as this like entrepreneurial hero and, you know, went on a whole, you know, put myself on the cover of a book looking like I know what's up. And then, I mean, I pulled it off for 10 years. I built something really big but things went sideways, no matter what would have happened, unless I had, you know, built the company into like a bazillion dollar business, people would have been disappointed. And I, there was a lot of like negative press. There was, I just felt kind of destroyed. And then the Netflix series came out right after Trump was elected, which is the day that Nasty Gal filed for bankruptcy, by the way. So that was double hit. <laughs> then a Netflix series coming out called Girl Boss four months after Trump was elected. It was like, <gasps> you know, the women's movement had begun. And it was like, this is not an example of women in the workplace. This is not a female boss. Like it was just seen through a lens that it wouldn't have been a year prior. And then also like my whole big fuck up had like, you know, confused the whole thing. It's like, who is she like that? Or she like, so the whole thing was just this like deafening mind, mind fuck. Been three and a half years since that all happened. And I've finally kind of gotten to a place where you know, I don't, I don't feel like when, you know, I get up on a stage or, you know, walk into a room that people are like, uh, you know, and, and, and that for the most part probably didn't happen, but I think we are all so much harder on ourselves than anybody else is. And we think that people are thinking about like, you know, the last thing that we did, I mean, so they're just worried about themselves and their mortgage and their like, you know, their skin. And also, it seems like when it comes to like public perception and public opinion, it's like the negative voices rise to the top when in reality, like most of the people actually like want to see you win. It's just that the people that have the 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 need to tear people down end up being the loudest because they have 
more anger and less to do with their lives. <laughs> so unfortunately, well, worthy. Yeah, worthy. Yeah. And so, like, if the number of people who are like inspired, having read Girl Boss or whatever, stoked on, you know, business class or whatever I'm doing next, outweigh the number, even if they're loud, the number of like snarky journalists or like. There's, I don't even get negative comments on Instagram, but it's just like, as long as people, there's some people that love what I'm doing, then like, I'm, you know, I've now been through the gauntlet and I have perspective and that stuff, anything that's like, you know, critical, I just don't, it doesn't register as much as it used to. We have talked about skin and the skin journey for a very, very long time. Elizabeth went through a really rough time with that. And now we have found a brand in Curology that really offers um, the best of dermatology at the click of a finger from the comfort of your own home. So Curology offers help whether you're trying to take control of acne, fine lines, dark spots, occasional breakouts, or clogged pores. You go on Curology.com and they will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare needs. You will get a treatment plan because you answered a bunch of questions online, and then they will match you with a licensed dermatology provider who will get to know your skin. And again, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your unique skin concerns. This is honestly like very cool because I really don't like leaving my home, especially in 2020. And especially when, even if we did have different skincare concerns, we probably wouldn't, we can't go get a facial. There's certain things we just can't do right now. So this is just like very, very, very cool and timely. As Steph said, you head over to their website and you kind of fill out an intake form. I actually tried this out. You guys, a lot of people have hit me up over the past many years of doing this show and in regards to skin and what they're dealing with. And I wish Curology was around back when I was dealing with insane acne. But now I've tried it. I just have some discoloration still left over from, from that said acne. And so I've been using their products to tackle those dark spots and the fine lines. And I really appreciate how gentle the product is. They also have a face wash and a moisturizer that I really enjoy too. And I just think this personalized treatment plan that comes directly to you, as Steph said, there's a dermatology provider who oversees everything. Once it's sent to you, they check in. Like, it's just such a great process and something that I feel was such a missing link within skincare because, you know, dermatology appointments are so expensive. This isn't replacing mm-hmm. a and dermatologist then you leave appointment. And you're like, did I even... Did that even help? But I feel like before you you make that huge investment by going to see a practitioner, this is a great in-between when you're dealing with just surface-level skin issues. A huge fan of this offering. It's really powerful. You're glowing, sis. Aw, thanks, boo-boo. So it's just get this powerful skincare treatment made for you. Go to Curology.com slash retrograde for a free 30-day trial. Just pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R- O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash retrograde to unlock your free 30-day trial. They send you 30-day worth of products and you can go over to Curology.com for all the details. I love it. So exciting. Let us know what you guys Yeah, check it out, guys. It's such a great discovery. I think you'll love it. And how did you deal with, like, you know, I know so many people, like the scale with which you were dealing with taking risks and also succeeding and you know, I'm putting failing in quotes because I don't think that that's an accurate way to describe really anything. But I'm sure in your mind, you felt like the world was falling apart. Like, were there any 
what kind of tools or, or did you use to make it so that you didn't fall into like a crushing depression? Because I think when people put themselves out there and it doesn't work, even on a smaller scale, it can feel so impossible to dig yourself out of that. Like the weight of the world is on you. And in your case, the weight of the world kind of actually was on you. To be responsible for, there was, there was a lot, you know, vendors who, yeah. So I surrounded myself with great people. I mean, that's, you know, it's like we can tell ourselves all the mantras in the world, but when we have people who believe in us, who stick around when not great things happen, who understand kind of the nuances of like what actually happened and like, you know, they're not reading the news or they they actually know like who you are and, you know, how hard you tried or like, and believe in whatever you do next. Like those were the people that really got me through it. So it was friends. It was even acquaintances through business. You know, people say, and it was my family and my, my boyfriend, my partner who I've been with now for four, four years who showed up right after my husband left, who I've known for a long time, but like, that's really who got me through it. And also I think just like, I think just, you know, moving on, as quickly as possible, as, as distracting as that sounds and like un, you know, spiritual. And, you know, I haven't really taken a lot, a lot of time to reflect, but I reflect while I process things while I'm doing new things. And that just kind of keeps me out of the like slump of depression. I think. I want to get into what you're doing now, because as I mentioned, like all of this experience is really I think there's such a value to learning by doing and in the the massive swings that you've made with and and seeing things close out and starting new things I can only imagine that you're just this incredible source for all of us of like what not to do and like what what to do. <laughs> and I mean that like what not to do of like you I heard you even in in speaking of like getting investors involved and and l- always listening to people to go higher like that sort of thing. So much of of building a business and and swinging big with an idea, you kind of have to go in blindly or else um you might not do it. So to be armed with information of what to look out for and what to expect and how to set yourself up for success is really really valuable. Yeah, thanks. And that's, you know, that's finally what I feel confident sharing. Cause this is my third time doing it. And I've done, you know, I, I built and scaled two businesses and led teams and felt my way around in the dark, understanding how to hire people and how to hold them accountable and, you know, how to create a great brand and, you know, how to, for the most part, try not to run out of money. And, you know, I built a really profitable business out of nothing with nasty gal. And that's kind of what I want to do now. I'm not starting with nothing but I'm also not spending someone else's money. So the stakes are really high, you know, and they're always high when you start your own business and invest even a dollar or, you know, a ton of your time in it. Like it's really, it's really scary. Um, Even if nobody's, nobody's looking, you're kind of proving to yourself what, uh, like what you're capable of. Business class, which is my new online course. Love the name. Double entendre. It sounds, yeah. So when I say it out loud, people are like, oh, you have a course on entrepreneurship called business class. Nobody says that, but I see their face and they're like, that's descriptive. And then I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's like flight themed and there's puns and, you know, wheels up. And each of the modules is called a flight and each of the, 
you know, lessons within that is called a leg and I'm your chief flight attendant and our customer experience team is our flight crew. Like the whole thing is just like so fun. And I'm dressed up like a Pan Am attendant from like, uh, you know, stewardess from like the sixties. It's very, it's a little campy, but it's super fun and pretty and hopefully makes learning about business, something that's, you know, entertaining and enjoyable and not just like super boring because business is kind of fun. There's a lot to know, but it is, it is, I find it to be really fun and an opportunity to grow yourself in ways that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. So, you know, it's, I've extracted a lot. I feel like I've, I've learned a lot from a lot of great people from my own experiences. And I'm just finally at a place in my career where I'm ready to to share it all. And, you know, I've shared my, my story a lot with my book and, you know, the Netflix series and whatever, but like sharing what I know is very different and sharing how I would go about things differently or showing, sharing what works for me. I really want to do so business class takes you through everything from figuring out what your strengths are to uh, doing a competitive analysis and validating your business idea before you go all in mapping your strengths, your business's strengths and weaknesses, all the way to finance and legal and protecting your business name and intellectual property and hiring people. And then we get into building a brand. So visual brand identity, logo, colors, typefaces, building your website, like customer experience, surprising and delighting. Like it's really dense. It's really dense because I didn't want to... Surprising and delighting. Did you get that from Esther Hicks? No, I'm a Abraham fan. But I feel like it's kind of like said in a lot of customer service-y kind of books. They stole stuff. it from the Vortex. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> yeah. No, but we want that to I be true. I think everything's... She says, once you're in the vortex, everything is surprising and delighting. And that's what you're waiting for, especially when it comes to soulmate energy. Yeah. I feel (laughs) feel like I'm in that vortex right now. I feel very, very fortunate for that. But um, this has been super fun to create. There's, you know, hours of video. There's hundreds of pages of worksheets. So it's really self-led. Like you log in, like I talk you through some stuff, but then it's really like you work through your own thing. This isn't just like, listen to me talk. It's like, no, go do, you know? Um, because that's just, that's how, that's how I learn. So it's super duper fun. And I actually personally pledging $200,000 in scholarships, uh, to underrepresented communities. And so I've partnered with a group called digital undivided support black and Latinx female business owners and another organization called out leadership who does the same with LGBTQ communities. So, so that's really exciting. And it's just like the whole thing. It's a lot. It's a lot. I could talk forever about it. I think it's such an incredible time for this because, you know, I think so many people have had great ideas and it's like, when's, when's the right time to explore that? I want to get into that a little in terms of you mentioned validating your business idea. As Steph said, so many people have been really given an opportunity to get into, you know, some, some deep work in terms of like, what, what really do I want when everything's been sort of cleared off yeah, the table? Yeah, either like finish Netflix or start a business. You know, there's not many options yeah, like, right you know, now. We have that, that tiny call <sighs> that's maybe nagging or, or, you know, comes in and out or is starting to solidify. What's your advice for that phase? 
and the butts I feel like kind of tend to take over at that phase of like, but I would have to leave my job, but I don't have money to start, but, but, but. There are, there's small ways to do almost anything. If you're trying to create like a new vaccine for COVID, I'm probably not the person to tell you how to fund that business, right? If you want to go to the moon, probably can't bootstrap that. But for most of us, we can start somewhere. DIY spacecraft. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have all like the Amazon delivery packages that I could cobble one together with. Yeah. Um, Those like metallic wrap. Um, But um, for all of us, we can start somewhere, you know? So I started with eBay, right? And some vintage clothing. Like you can make a few things and test them out and see if anybody likes them. You can just put a deck together and show it to a few people over Zoom and say like, is this interesting to you? You know, you can validate things without going all in and going full time on them. We have all these incredible platforms now that are just built for us. So when I started Nasty Gal, there was eBay and PayPal. There was no Venmo, Shopify, Squarespace, Calendly, Etsy, like none of these incredible tools. And today we can, even Instagram, I know I sound so old, but like it's a, it's crowded out there, but there, it's never been easier to get your idea out into the world. Cause what, 20 years ago, I don't know what you had to like sign a lease and then put some like sign, put clothes in like a retail store to see if anybody even wanted your clothes or mm-hmm. I don't even, I mean, I can't even imagine. I certainly would not have been an entrepreneur if I couldn't have just kind of like dipped my toes in the water with something like eBay where it was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this isn't a massive risk. So now's the time where it's like, you know, we're all stuck at home. I think we're all considering what's next and it's okay not to know exactly what that is. And you don't have to have a fully baked idea to figure out what that is. I think a lot of people think they need to have like the whole thing done. Like, oh, somehow have like taken eight weeks of business class, done all that work, and then just kind of try something. And so it's actually in the I think it's in the first flight or module where we just kind of throw that out there. We talk to people, we see if, if they like it because you really shouldn't just go all in unless you know that like people want what you have to offer. And that doesn't mean you have to, you know, go back to the drawing board. Often it just means you need to iterate, right? Like it doesn't mean that what you're doing is like total trash. It just means that like, you can listen and you should listen to your you know, potential customer or your customer and they're going to tell you what they want. Like you can reverse engineer what people want if you ask the right questions and you are a good listener. Which is, I'm sure what you guys have done with That's So Retrograde, right? Like you, you started and you're like, okay, feeling your way around in the dark and now it's like, holy shit, look at what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. A good sort of analogous to what you're describing is like when we first started, we did 11 episodes that we never released because we were just like trying things and hearing ourselves talk and figuring out like what a structure would be and like what even made sense. And, you know, 11 episodes seems like nothing now in comparison because we've done so many. But at the time, it was like a frustrating endeavor to be like, we just want to like do this. And every time we would listen, we're like, it's not right. And we had, you know, our producers being like, it needs this work. So yeah, it, it completely is like that feedback loop a little bit where you're like trying and being willing for it to not be perfect. And I remember in the beginning when we were like, well, let's just see what we sound like. You know, like you can have all the ideas in the world. And then before you start kind of putting it together, you really don't know what it's gonna look like at all. 
Totally. I mean, I think the story, you know, people are like, oh, it just started and that's so y'all blew up. And it was like, no, like I put 10 things on eBay and literally like nobody bid on six of them. And the other right. one sold for like the $9.99 starting auction price. You know, it's like, and it's like, oh, well, people don't like that stuff. They like this stuff. You know, let me see. Let me keep trying. You know, it's interesting hearing Steph talk about like, you know, the process in which we started. I'm curious because I, I think that there's like this fine line. I think that there's like we could have teetered around with it with without releasing our show for a good month if someone would have let us. You know, we could have kept doing practice episodes, quote unquote, until the end of time. And it was really like the push from other people that was like, you guys just need to start and then refine from there. What's your perspective on like straddling the line between like perfectionist and wanting to like come out the gate, you know, as best as can be versus like finding your way as you go? Like I'm not allowed to just do a thing and and just like throw some Zoom video and like two pages together of worksheets and be like, hey, does anybody like that? You know, I have like a, a private focus group of people who, you know, I've been taking through the curriculum and all the all the content for the course. So I've learned a lot from, but for most people, you know, you, you put something out there, not that many people are, you know, it's like not that many people are listening. You're not going to like tank the rest of your life isn't going to be over. So even though you guys did 11 kind of beta episodes and I, I never did that with my podcast, which I don't host anymore, but it was called girl boss radio. And it, I think it's okay even to make stuff public. That's like not the best, you know, well, like looking back, we're like, that was not the best. Like what the fuck were we talking <laughs> even about? Even the 12th one wasn't no. the best really. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, we're still like, Oh, we're hungover. We're 27. We're not going out, you know, or like how, you know, we're just looking back. Everything kind of sucks. I think because you grow and you, get better it and you learn suck. more. You should get the shittiest thing out into the world as soon as possible and see what people respond to you. If it's not translating, who fucking cares? Exactly. If people don't get it like pretty quickly, like you have work to do. And like going back to the drawing board is part of the process. Absolutely. Always, right? Continuing and for, with ourselves. Yeah. With ourselves, right? Like we're all like once you've stopped baking as a person, I mean, business is just a reflection of this kind of universal truth. It's like, once you stop growing and testing and iterating on yourself, like what's left? Barf, like kill me. (laughs) The idea that you would be attached to the first thing that you thought of is kind of silly because that's really just skimming the surface of your own potential. It's also kind of narcissistic. (laughs) Right, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. But like the confidence to know that if you can think of this one thing, that there's probably something underneath it as well that can be even better than the original thing. You just need to do the work of excavating. And it sounds like that's what your business school is offering. There's always another layer of the onion to peel back. And yeah, business class is like, you know, a huge, huge kind of opportunity for people to get a foundation to do that. But then the real work begins kind of when you go out and do it on your own. And onions make my eyes water. But that's actually what it should probably feel like. Tell us and retrograde listeners when business class is launching, how they can find it, all that fun stuff. You can enroll now. It's takebusinessclass.com. And actually enrollment is only for a few weeks. So we're going to open it um, maybe once or twice a year. It's not like masterclass.com where you can just sign up anytime because it's guided. So 
everybody starts at the same time. And each week, like I'm doing weekly Zoom calls with people, um, a new kind of module or flight drops each week. So everybody's learning the same thing at the same time. So it actually closes on October 9th. Like that's the last day you can register for it. For the US, we have a $99 a month payment plan, which is really cool because it's, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Um, but it is cheap to get started. Thank you so much for for coming on the show. It's so good to see you and, and to catch up. And I think you're such a shining example of picking up and dusting off and like trying something new. And I we're all, we all can relate. So thanks for being out there doing the thing. Thanks for having me, you guys. Thanks for making me laugh. No problem. It's our pleasure. This is so great. So excited for some of our listeners to get involved with business class. It's such an awesome opportunity. And I think that now there's never a better time than now to invest in yourself because something I've been thinking about as far as like the next year or two is concerned is like, I've been hearing people say 2020 is a wash. And I'm like, that it infuriates me. I'm like, you have so much time to put into yourself and things that you had just got lost in the rat race of or were constantly chasing, like it's not a wash. It's an opportunity to focus and invest and set yourself up for the next few years. Yeah. When I think about the term wash and like the way I kind of envision what this year can be for people who play it right is that, you know, there's when the tide is high, there's still shit going on, you know, underneath. And so after this time, whatever it is, it's going to be different. That tide's going to recede and we're going to see, you know, what people have doing, been doing under the surface. And it's going to be really interesting to see how everybody emerges. I've got to say, Elizabeth, I just completed a novel that makes it sound like I wrote a novel. I do hope to do that one day, uh, but it will probably be like 40 pages because that seems hard. A novella. I, a novella. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. It's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It's by someone named Taylor Jenkins Reid. I believe she lives in LA. Shout out to Taylor. I was obsessed with this book. Could not put it down. And if you're looking for a, a novel that's like it's not going to challenge you, but it's just going to like enrich you and trigger your imagination and connect you to your heart. And it just was really fun. So that's my rose is that book. And not to keep going before you go, but I'm just going to get this all in. Keep it going, I also honey. had to get one of my tattoos covered up. Should I tell the whole story of why or just, I'm not even going to say what I needed to get covered up because it's, it's too much. But I had to get something covered up because I, I made a misstep. And um, <laughs> I decided to cover it with nothing else but a rose. How apropos. So shout out to Johnny underscore dagger on Instagram. Johnny is the fucking man. I, it's really, you know, getting tattoos is interesting because you end up spending a lot of time with the artist because it takes a while. And so like I've had artists that I'm spending all that time with that I'm like, I don't think that I vibe with you. And this is weird because you're like putting something permanent on my body. And then I've had artists like Johnny where I'm like, I think that we're like friends now. And like, I love hanging out with you. And like the rose took so fucking long. It was so much more than either of them expected. I ended up hanging out with him for like seven and a half hours. And it was so much fun. You guys wrote a novella together. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the star of my novella. Um, a love story through a tattoo. Honestly, that would actually kind of be a fun book. Like a cute writing prompt. I'm not mad. I at really it. like that. I really <laughs> like that. She lays on his table. He inserts the needle. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. This is smut. <laughs> <laughs> I would not expect anything less, but keep going. No, that's, I'm not going to keep going. That's for the pages of the novella. You're going to have right. to buy the book, Elizabeth. Can't wait. Anyways, I just want to shout Johnny out. He's such a talented artist and such a cool guy. And when it's fully done, I have to go back for another session because it was so much. But when it's fully done, we'll post a pic because why not? Fun fact is yeah. I have no tattoos and Steph has many. I don't even know how many I have anymore. I've gotten five during the pandemic. I have so. zero. And my and my <laughs> boyfriend, he and I are the only two people we know that don't have tattoos. I feel like that's some weird like synced similarity. And it's like such a reversal from like years prior where having a tattoo was like a ra- more rarity. Now everyone Right. I know. Has now we're like the like the old-timey folk who are just like these kids. Are you not getting one because you don't want one because you're Jewish or because you're afraid it hurts or all three? I've never there's never been I've never felt the call. Like I've never thought, "Ooh, I want that on my body forever." Right. Just never had that. Mm-hmm. But I love them on other people. The earlier imprint was that, like, the Jewish thing of it all. I'm like, not Yeah, I remember tattoos. when I first got my, my first tattoo, my mom was, like, devastated. What's rosy about your world, Cot? We're going to do an Ask Us Anything episode next week. And mm-hmm. we got a fun question that I feel like ties really well into this episode. So I'm just going to, like do what we love to do in 2020 and pivot and ask you a question. Oh, oh my God. You're surprising me. Yeah. So we wow. got asked what our favorite work from home hack would be. And I just thought synced with the theme here that we, that we got into today with Sophia. I have two answers. What's yours? The sooner I was able to turn the page on like what quote unquote, like traditional work hours look like. I feel like I've worked for myself for the past 10 years, pretty much. And I always felt like it needed to be this traditional nine to five energy or had to match kind of what people I knew in in more traditional office settings were matching. In the quote, real world. Yeah. The gift of this year is I feel like all of that has been kind of swiped clean and we're we're reconstructing what a work-life balance looks like. For me, like I get a really nice dose of motivation and inspiration generally like Friday late afternoon. So I think taking notice to the times that I feel most productive and designing whatever structure or non-structure that looks like to allow that to to shine through is and the, the sooner I was able to let myself kind of witness that and notice that the better off I've been. Interesting. I like that. That's a good, that's a good note. I have two. My first one is, is kind of a recent discovery. I really feel like it's powerful. So I live in a place where I don't have like a desk area, right? So like I sit at my kitchen counter to eat my meals. I don't even have a kitchen or a kitchen table. My, I mean, I have a kitchen, but like my kitchen area is a counter. And So I sit at my kitchen table to eat my meals, but I also sit at my kitchen counter to work. And I was noticing that I had like half the counter was like where I would sit. And then half the counter was like piles of papers and notes and all these things. And 
it was starting to make me feel like I was always at work in a way. So my hack or my suggestion and what I've been doing that's been really helping me is to be intentional. So after you're done working in your area that you work, if you're living in a place like me where you don't have like all the space in the world, right? don't leave your work out in the place that you live. Like after I'm done working, I take all the papers, all the notes, everything that I've compiled and I put them in a cabinet. So that my kitchen is then back to being a kitchen and being a live space instead of being a workspace. That's I think great. having the delineation, because then when you your work's always out, you're like, fuck, you kind of feel like you're always at work. And it's like, even if you even if you love what you do, like we do, it's still, it still is like a stressful kind of so work is looming. Work. Yeah. Like you're just yeah. like, oh, like it's looming. Like there's probably things in that stack that I should look at and I'm not. And it just creates this energy. And it's like, whereas if you just stack it, organize it, put it away, it's done. And then you don't deal with it until the next time that you're being intentional about doing work. So I think that's a really big thing for me. Yeah, I have a little, I do a similar thing. I have like a little shelf there. Everything kind of goes on to when I'm done. Same. Everything I need to deal with for the next day goes there. Just like it's all in one little spot. It's in my abundance corner. I love that. And then you can kind of determine like, you know, if your if your system is going to become more complex or more elegant where you're like okay it's not just a stack it's like there's a filing cabinet or a drawer there's what you know you can mm-hmm. have your imagination and like i think while we're on the tail end of the virgo season i think this might be coming out right as we're getting into libra i think like we can squeeze a little more juice out of that virgo energy and yeah. just like figure out your organization real quick and then my other hack is get an espresso machine. <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored, but open to it. Honestly, at-home lattes are my fucking jam. Quick housekeeping note, as we mentioned at the top, guys, we launched a little newsletter that was actually the result of taking our month off of the social medias and the emails. And we were like, what can we craft, Steph and I, that, that really kind of speaks directly to each episode every week and whatever else fun we have brewing. So if you're on that list, then you found out about our live show. We announced it there first. We always write just like a little thoughts on the week, on the episode. I'm having fun with it. I really like it. Me too. I love it. We have our like book recommendations, song recommendations, just anything that we're into. We're just kind of like dumping it there. So if anybody thinks that's interesting sign up on thatsoretrograde.com. On that note, I think it's time for us to exit the building. I'm about to go on a little nature walk. Same. Cute. Cute. Wish we could do it together. Yeah, I know. One day. See you in 2021. (laughs) 